Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Jokic behind his back. What a taste like, Jokic. Your sitter. Wow. As long as there are fans on this one, that's all I care about. So the Warrior fans can be here, the Celtics fans can be here, the Laker fans can be here. But take that L on the way out. Jokic. Harris gets the game. Get the games. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pickaxe Podcast. It is Zach Mikosh with Denver Stiffs. We are back. We, uh, we never really left, to to be perfectly clear. We just, um, as the quarantine continued to push on, as I guess we should have all expected back in March, ah, those naive, wonderful, innocent times of March, how young we were. Um, you know, we, we, were, uh, we were still podcasting back then, and uh, the pickaxe has always sort of, um, it's served as the 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 kickoff for us for the week it's uh, a current event show for those of you who are uh regular listeners thank you as always or maybe you've listened in the past and are just starting to pick up again because we haven't done the pickaxe in a couple months but um you know it's always been sort of our current events show right our our rundown of what happened last week what's going to happen this week so the problem became really quickly the second half of the show was there was no content because we nobody knew um for for quite a while what was going to happen next um, and we could only we could only discuss potential playoff teams uh, and you know whether or not the NBA was going to restart, what a restart would look like, so on and so forth, um, so much. And because you know there wasn't a lot going on, we also obviously Ryan Blackburn does Nuggets numbers, and then uh, as a group collectively we we work on the Denver Stiff Show. It seemed very repetitive. It seemed like we were just going over the same things over and over and over again, three, four times a week. So we kind of made a decision in there, um, basically to just pull the pickaxe back until things started. And if you've been with Stiffs this whole time, again, thank you very much. But you know, Gordon and I have been spending most of our time over just on the Denver Stiff Show. That's where you could find uh, him and I, along with Ryan Blackburn, pretty much most weeks. I know um, last week we weren't on there as we're as we're making the switch. And I do not have Mr. Gross with me today. He is getting a well-deserved week off from podcasting after he has been pretty much a gladiator through the entire quarantine. I don't know that he's actually missed a week. Uh, we gave him a week off, and we had Feinstein on on the Denver Stiff Show, but that was that was Mr. Blackburn and I's decision, not that Gordon wanted the week off. He was happy to get it. But, um, yeah, so Gordon is off this week, but he will be back next week. Uh, the pickaxe will be back to just exactly what you've always known it to be in the, what, three, four years we've been running this show now. We will um, we will keep doing it how we always do it. We're going to go ahead and we'll recap the previous week, and then we will bust into looking forward um, on what's upcoming. So, for this week, we don't have a ton to look forward to yet either just this week specifically there is not it is the last week uh, that we will not have some form of basketball game not necessarily one that will count 
but we will at least have some form of basketball game starting next week. So we will spend this show, we will be going over getting to the bubble. The Nuggets are there, along with um, all the other 21 teams in Orlando. We're going to talk about what we've seen, what we haven't seen, or specifically who we haven't seen, um, and kind of how that is... I don't want to speculate too much because, again, like I said, we're still over a week away from games actually being played. And they're only exhibition games. We're still two weeks away from um, playing actual games. So I'm not not 100%. I'm not an expert on the uh, NBA's coronavirus policies down to the, the details. But... With two weeks away, I'm thinking if someone were to today, they, if they were asymptomatic and tested positive today, um, there's still probably a decent chance that they would be able to be active for the first game um, in the bubble. We will see. Obviously, we know guys like Spencer Dinwiddie who have symptoms um, have basically just not been able to participate in in the, the restart in Orlando. So, um well, I guess what I'm saying here is, is it's it's a little bit early, I think, to speculate, but uh, we'll, we'll do we'll, we'll we'll talk about it. We'll definitely it says we we need stuff for the, on the look forward side of the show. We're definitely going to talk about um, how the Nuggets roster would be affected if some of these key guys that we're not noticing on the um, roster right now, whether or not they're if they were actually not to play, how would that affect the Nuggets? Because there's a lot of key guys right now that are certainly sitting out. Uh, and not playing that makes us makes me concerned if they were not to arrive. So that'll be the second half. We're also going to talk about, of course, Nikola Jokic. There was some um, uh, there was a picture going around on Twitter of him it appears in the Chicago airport. Somebody other than me would have to confirm it was actually the Chicago airport. That was just the statement made on the tweet. I don't get to O'Hare enough, uh, thankfully, to be able to. Tell you yay or nay if that is actually O'Hare Airport. But uh, it appears that Jokic is back in the States, headed, uh, we would assume, on his way to Orlando, um, flying a United charter flight, which I thought was funny. Uh, and um, we'll be joining the team shortly. That was also what Michael Malone, I believe, followed up with in his press conference yesterday. Make sure you guys are following um, Ryan Blackburn and Jenna Garcia, our um, social media director, also Brandon Ewing, our uh, essentially our beat writer, in for the Denver Nuggets because they uh, they are in all of these um, Zoom calls, press conferences, if you want to call them that, with Coach, and uh, you guys can get live live updates from them. So make sure you're following them on Twitter. I think Ryan's at NBA Blackburn, uh, Jenna is at Vita Viva Diva. I should I should have done way more research. Um, and Brandon is skip something B skip. Oh, I'm terrible. Anyways, look them up. Brandon Ewing, Ryan Blackburn, Jenna Garcia. If you look that, you look up that word, their names in, in Denver Stiffs, I'm sure you'll find them. So um, check them out if you guys want to get all the press conference stuff as it is happening live. But yeah, so Coach said uh, he expects Nicola to join the team very soon. So that's basically what we're going off. But it appears that, that everything is on track for Jokic to be back with the team hopefully this week. Uh, I know he has to. There's something like I think he has to pass three tests maybe or something two tests or three tests and I, I think so he's probably done some of that which is why he's now being allowed to travel and i think then he gets there uh, maybe he has to test negative again and like quarantine for two days it's weird like i said i, I don't know the, the i didn't get into the, the nitty-gritty details of exactly how this 
bubble thing would work. It just gets you depressed, in my opinion. Opinion, if you uh, <laughs> you have to D- depressed, discouraged, and wondering like, eh. I I know when I when I have looked at when I have looked at in, with the, with the NBA's bubble, there's there's certainly it didn't take long to find some things that you were like, well, that's kind of concerning. I don't know how that's going to make this work, but anyways, um, so we should we should have Jokic back with the team shortly and then um yeah like i said we'll spend the second week or the second half of the show we'll start taking a little bit of a look towards these exhibition games that'll be starting next week uh nuggets will have three games that'll be will not count there will be against two against eastern conference opponents one against the pelicans as the pelicans are very unlikely first round opponent i'm not even sure if they're mathematically possible to be first round opponent um but that's that's basically who Denver will have to warm up against, and they'll be back in earnest. So we'll look a little bit of that. I kind of want to look at also just like the the general presentation that what we can expect there uh, in terms of of just this whole Orlando experience and and the bubble and 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 how that that product is going to pre- be presented. I'm I'm pretty curious to actually get to see that when it when it happens so <clears throat> that's going to be our show we'll try and keep it somewhat shorter this week since gordon is not here and um we don't have a ton of we don't have any games to talk about still <laughs> but um well i guess we'll just i always say that and then we end up going an hour anyway so we'll just see where we're at uh let's dive into it so i think the big the big story that everybody can take from the what we've seen so far of the Nuggets getting to Orlando and being in the bubble is the game. I think that this isn't just necessarily a story with the Nuggets either. This is a story with a lot of teams. Is that I think a lot of people are noticing, fans are noticing. There's a lot of faces missing in these social media posts, right? Important players for these teams are not there. There and, and the Nuggets. There's there's like a lot. It's it's not. Um, it's not very many that are currently, at least out of your regular rotation, that you can pick up and be like, yep, yeah, that guy's there. Like, you can see Paul Millsap, you can see Jeremy Grant, Jamal Murray, obviously. Um, but the rest of them appear to still be out. You know, when I look at it, I see no Gary Harris. I see no Monty Morris. I see no Michael Porter Jr. I see no Tory Craig. Like, there are guys who are not it's not just depth guys right these are these are guys who play significant roles some of these guys are starters gary harris is a starter i mean obviously we expect Jokic to be back he's not yet though that's a that's the star of your team there's major pieces missing from this roster at least that's what it, it would appear right now based off what we can glean you know from from pictures and posts on the internet there's probably um not too much to take from that, like I said, because there's still a lot of time before we get to the point where it's the you got to put your money where your mouth is. Um, but it's concerning, right? It's 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 concern to me. I think it's concerning because like it's like eight players, and we don't keep track of other members of that traveling party, right? Whether it's uh, assistant coaches or or trainers or whoever else, you know, these teams seem to be bringing about like a 35 person traveling party. You know, we don't know who's um missing from that group as well so i think one of the things that's most concerning not not even in a basketball sense at all um but here is a group of 35 people and we're missing at least about eight of them that's uh roughly about 20 percent right a little bit more than 20 percent um not great in terms of uh 
just you know here you had a you had a a, a group, specific group of people uh, a specific demographic of people that you were um, or not even demographic I guess because I don't think professional athlete and professional and um, ancillary positions in in professional athletics is is necessarily a demographic but a um, a specific group of people nonetheless very very healthy people in general and um, it appears at least from the sample that we had from a nugget sample that the uh, the frequency of infection for coronavirus was quite high um, so that is I guess concerning um, just from a general standpoint of where we are as a country but uh, I mean again obviously like I said it's it's, it's concerning because you you're, you don't have a ton of time, right? It's not like we're, we're getting ready to start a whole season and you would be able to work these guys back slowly. You have eight games and then you're in the playoffs and who knows how long that lasts. It just depends on how you perform. Not going to be very long if you're missing half your rotation. So that's going to be uh, something that Denver is going to have to figure out if these guys are truly going to be missing. And uh, I think the biggest thing, the toughest thing that would be for them to figure out if these guys truly are missing is what do you do on the wings? You're already missing. You're already just in general, the way your team is built, you're pretty thin, uh, quite literally, in fact, on, on the wings and also very short, quite literally, in fact, on the wings. So, when you also now take away Tory Craig, Gary Harris, and Michael Porter Jr., I mean that's your wings for essentially the only guy, that, the only wing who you we you probably would have expected to get regular minutes um, for the Nuggets during the playoffs. That's actually we know is in Orlando right now is Will Barton. So that part is going to be i think is the biggest risk Denver faces right now obviously with the assumption that Jokic is going to be back in Orlando and that's going to be fine cuz that would clearly be the biggest risk otherwise but um you have to wonder do we can we get make any sort of noise in the playoffs if we were to actually face uh, teams without the service of Gary Harris or or Torrey Craig or Michael Porter Jr. Even not even if you get some of those guys back and you're missing like two of the three, that's that's really tough. I mean, this is this is the type of thing that sets up for like a guy like Tyler Cook getting minutes because um, or Jeremy Grant playing a ton of minutes because there's just they just don't have anybody to defend Kawhi Leonard. They don't have anybody to defend Paul George. And if you don't have Torrey Gray or Gary Harris, who are your best options to do that. You know, now you're just you're just throwing stuff at the wall and hoping hoping something sticks. So that part has me concerned because while I don't think that all you know seven or eight guys, however it is right now, that are not confirmed um, to be in Orlando, I don't think it's going to be actually be seven or eight guys who don't play. Right? I think some of those guys are going to make it to Orlando and get to play. Um, how do you overcome it though if you still are missing a couple of those and they happen to be those wing guys like that that to me really could hurt you right like i mean if if kate bates diab doesn't make it to orlando then fine if Vlako chanchar even though i love him doesn't make it to orlando then fine those guys aren't gonna play they're not that big even if a guy like a monty morris who would be a tough um, person to lose because he's a vital part of your rotation but even one guy like monty morris you could be like well you know what We've got P.J. Dozier. We've got Troy Daniels. We can; these guys probably aren't as good as Monty, but um, 
they still bring something to the table. We still feel good about them being able to, you know, hold serve while they would be in there for, you know, we can, we can reduce the minutes. We'll probably end up playing Jamal like 35 to 40 minutes a game. So we can reduce it down to <clears throat> PJ Dozier or Troy Daniels playing eight to 12 minutes. Um, as your backup point guard, you could probably feel okay with that. But if you're like, I'm going to have to play Tyler Cook 30 minutes to cover LeBron James. Like, we got a problem. That's not going to work. And that's that's where Denver's going to have issues if they don't get everyone back. If they're just missing a couple people. If they're if they're if the couple people they end up missing are in those wing spots, it's it's going to be tough. It's going to it's really hard to sell me on them getting out of the second round. Maybe the first round depending on who the matchup is. Um Though teams like Houston and Utah would certainly be much more difficult if you don't have Gary Harris or Torrey Craig to put on Donovan Mitchell or James Harden or whoever. Um, you would, man. I think it, I think in that scenario, if you're missing some of these guys, you're you're basically praying, um, you're praying for for uh, the, the Thunder because I think they're they're probably your best bet in terms of a team that could also is going to be fairly undersized on the wings, so you could potentially at least not have a size disadvantage there. So. We'll see, man. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see if these guys fill in. I think PJ Dozier is the guy you kind of look at right now as as the the, the wild card who has to fill in. If you can get PJ back, um, then you probably feel okay again about about not having Monty Morris. Or if you get Monty Morris back and you still have PJ there, then you maybe he's got some length. You can put him on the wings and feel a little bit better than maybe about playing a guy like a Tyler Cook who just got signed back to the team, you know, for this, for the sole purpose of playing in this Orlando tournament. So that's, that's what I'm thinking. I would, I would say would be on the lookout is, is terms of people who are going to maybe have a bigger role to fill. Um, if some of these guys don't make it, it's, it's certainly going to be PJ Dozier is the first, uh, the first guy I, I would first, the first next man up. If you wanna, if you wanna put it that way, uh, so like I said, we do know Jokic is on route to. We don't know Jokic. We think Jokic is on route to Orlando. We have some fairly strong evidence to suggest is, is such of of Yo, a picture of Jokic in an airport that appears to be an American airport that we're told is in Chicago. Again, I don't fly enough into O'Hare Air, Airport, which is where I'd assume he'd be flying into if he was in Chicago, um, to say for sure. But uh, that is that is the information we are going on. No one, no one from the Denver Nuggets is outright denied that. Let's say, uh, like I said, we had Coach Malone just say in the press conference he expects Jokic to be back with the team very soon. So, all indications are Nikola Jokic is headed to Orlando and will be there um, soon. The thing I think that is now becomes the question is: is one? I think this is a general question: is 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 there going to be any sort of hiccups? in terms of getting Jokic back up to speed for Jokic. Like, he he has not played basketball uh, for quite some time. He's obviously been working out a lot and got himself into great shape, which is awesome. But we're still wondering, you know, what's it, what's this time off been like in terms of rust for him? And I think Jokic is a guy who certainly is subjective to rust, or subject to rust, not subjective. Um and and that could be an early trip up for this team. And the other thing that I think is is you have to remember is it's playing with Jokic is not like playing with any other player. And while a lot of these guys, yes, 
have just played a whole season with them. Is there like any time for them, any sort of delay or something that they're going to need to be able to step up and get back into the, you know, the, the swing of things in terms of being playing in a Jokic centric offense that, that generally has been a case for the Nuggets. They generally start off sluggish. It wasn't maybe as much the case this time around this this year round but that's that's been something we've seen and then of course finally is what about the guys who don't ever play like well again Tyler Cook I don't I'm not trying to rag on Tyler Cook or anything like that I think he's just the perfect example because he's the guy who was who was signed specifically for the Orlando bubble um but if a guy like Tyler Cook has to play and has to play big minutes with Jokic well he hasn't really played with Jokic at all you know so how do you how do you take a rotation player and and tie him in that quick to be able to be like hey Dude, we got to go, and you're. we don't have time to really integrate you, but so you need to learn how to play with this super unique player right away. Oh, by the way, these are super high stakes or playoff games, and so we need to also not lose. Um, it's not like we can just take a loss and chalk it up to learning experience. Like, that's that's going to be tough. That that window is tight for Denver and, and Jokic um, and the, the staff who's with the travel, obviously, getting infected with coronavirus to begin with like it's it's been um it's certainly put Denver at a de- detriment now that, that doesn't really matter in the in the grand scheme of things in the grand scheme of things Nicole Jokic uh, caught a very deadly virus and was very lucky to um be one of the people who did not suffer at least in the short term from what we know we don't still don't know much about long-term effects of asymptomatic uh, infections and coronavirus but you know, in the short term, he he appears to be very fine. He appears to be fully healthy. Like that's what that at the end of the day, that's what really matters is that the young man Nikola Jokic has has um, escaped a very close brush with a very deadly disease, um, and that's 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 most important. The rest of this stuff is is ancillary, but that's what we're here to do right now. Is we're here to talk about uh, basketball. So again, like it's in the grand scheme of things who really cares if that it put the nuggets behind in terms of their, their ability to compete for a championship. Um, but that's where we're at now. So that's, that's something that they will have to deal with. Uh, and, and obviously it's, if that's what, if, if Nikola Jokic catching coronavirus, if the fallout from that is you have to, maybe, maybe you're not as competitive this year or you have to, uh, work harder to be competitive. Then if that's, that's the, all the fallout, then, then you then you obviously take that and and you you're happy with that um so we'll just have to see we'll just have to see how they can do it how they can pull him if they can pull it off all right we'll go ahead we'll take a quick break here looks like we're yeah we're running about uh, mid-show anyways and then we'll go come back we'll take a little bit of look at the exhibition schedule um and also the exhibition or just the orlando broadcast so i'm curious curious to hear about that so uh or see that Let's take a break and we'll be right back. We've all been there. When the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest, that's when disaster strikes. The last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business. Maybe your light suddenly won't turn on, or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling. Heck. Maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new AC unit. Whatever your need may be, give Sun Electrical a call. They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get 
the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate. And he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work. Pickaxe Podcast. It is Zach Detox with DenverStiffs.com. Gordon Gross is getting the week off, but he will be back with us once then. We will be fully rebooted next week as we will have games to talk about. Uh, not games that they played, but games that they're going to play that week. It is it is crazy. The Nuggets, I believe, open up on the 22nd, so nine days away from the Nuggets playing some sort of basketball, at least, uh, I guess, a pre, pre-restart game. Uh, I think it's against the Wizards is the first one that they will play, um, and then then right after that we're we're in we're in the roll we're we're going with this so it's 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 gonna be um it's gonna happen quick it's gonna be exciting and we're excited to be able to be back previewing weeks recapping things that happened it's been you know it was tough there <laughs> back in March when we're like well nothing happened next, last week and uh, nothing's gonna happen this week so always good. Um, to get back, I guess, to a little bit of normalcy. Obviously, the country right now is nowhere close to normal and has a long ways to go. And in 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 my opinion, um, and I think in in the opinions of a lot of experts, but uh, specifically in my opinion, the the country probably needs to slow down a bit um, and get this thing figured out before we start jumping back into some of these things. Which was an interesting statement. This wasn't really on my rundown. I thought I would bring it up though. Um, Greg Popovich, you know, said, yeah, of course he had concerns about going to Orlando as, as someone who is in a high risk category, you know, Greg Popovich is over 65 years of age. So he would fall within a category of people who are more high risk for fatalities from the coronavirus. And so he was hesitant. And then, you know, he said though, after he looked at it and he talked to some people, he realized this is probably the safest place um, I can be, which is funny because it's in Florida, which is yikes right now. Um, but I guess I see the merit of what he's saying. Like the 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 NBA, one of the advantages that the NBA has over just regular people like you and me is they have a they do have legitimately controlled environments, and they can control snapping at my dog who's gnawing on a bone over here in the background um they have the ability to control the uh the the bubble right they 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 access they can limit who's entering and exiting that's something um that all of us can do if we decide to just stay home which is again what most of us should be doing but even then bare necessities there are certain things some of us are essential workers who have to go out into the workplace um it's not an option for everyone. It is an option for everyone in the NBA. Like they, they have a full system. Um, they have 
more robust testing or or easier access that there's no there's no financial barriers uh, to testing which regular people might find particularly if they don't have health insurance uh, there is uh, entertainment provisions that will keep people from getting stir crazy and making poor decisions which you really don't have I mean you you're you're it's on your own right to find that which some people you know I'm not I'm not going to demonize anyone for it some people are better at finding ways to occupy their time and have been better at coping with the the lockdown and the quarantine and this whole thing than others that's that's to be expected this is this is a completely uh, new experience for pretty much everyone so there's there are just naturally going to be some people who handle it better and that what that doesn't mean is that the people who don't handle it well um in this this scenario of what the nuggets or, or the, the nba is doing is to just be like well i guess we're just gonna have to let those chips fall where they may no like the nba is doing everything they can to make the make the players and everyone in this bubble comfortable like they are doing far more because they have a far more controlled environment and also a ton of money um at their disposal they're they're doing far more than what what average america is capable of doing in terms of containing this virus so you know from that sense i i get it like if you're gonna go i think there's still risk i think there's still uh, in the grand scheme of things as, as i've said on on the denver stiff show as i've wrote about in the grand scheme of things if you want this to be 100 percent safe then the only way to do it is to just not do it um they're not going to do that they want they want to uh, not take that hit in revenue. I've, I've written about that. That is, you know, I've, <laughs> I've had some people argue, try and argue that it's, it's more than that, but it's not. I mean, it's, it's, while there are certainly, when I say that, like, I get it, it comes off as like, all oh, these guys are all just cold hearted money grubbers and that's all they care about. That's not what I'm saying. Um, there are plenty of good, honest, and, and uh, not even, I mean, wanting to make money is, there's nothing wrong with that. That's, that's what our, what our economy is built on. Um, and, and so I'm not trying to say these guys are, are greedy money grubbers or things like that. But what I am saying is, as you know, as it's, I think some people who have uh, read a lot of what I write, I tend to be fairly matter of fact, but that is what it is. Like it is fact of the matter is if there wasn't millions of dollars on the line they wouldn't be doing it like not a single person out there um can argue against that or i i don't know any argument you could make yeah you might be able to pick off one one-off situations here and there but um if if they did not stand to lose millions uh they they would not be doing this that's just that's just the simple facts of the matter but um they are doing it and they are trying to make it as safe as possible and with the way the country is going and um how we are as a culture and society responding to this thing you know going into a place that's taking it extremely serious because they're under a microscope is probably yeah even if it is in one of the hot spots in the world right now it's still probably uh safer than I mean, it's certainly safer being inside that bubble in Disney World than it is being out there on in you know living in an apartment in Orlando right now. Let's just say that like there is, um, you're definitely that's probably that's definitely probably the safest place in Orlando in terms of avoiding coronavirus. Or not even in Orlando, in probably Florida and again like Greg Popovich, maybe even in the country, um, the safest place in terms of avoiding coronavirus infections. So. Uh, I thought it was an interesting and just an interesting perspective from a coach who I think a lot of people want to hear about, right? Because he's a Hall of Fame coach, arguably the greatest coach of all time in basketball um, and is at, at in an at-risk category and is coaching a team that has a huge legacy of, of success. Um, 
but is it very successful, right? Like the Spurs probably are not making the playoffs. So they're one of those teams that's like, is it that big? Is it that important for them to come? I think it's interesting to get that perspective from a guy like Popovich. Because when you think about it, all the the, the coaches who fall into that uh, above 65 risk category are all teams that are on the outside looking in, right? The Spurs, the Suns, the Pelicans, teams with these teams with these older coaches um, are the ones who maybe don't have very much to play for. So it's kind of... I thought it was. I thought it was very enlightening to get that 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 perspective from Pop. Um, so I mean, in terms of keeping everything safe, that has obviously caused a great change in the way they're doing things, as we've seen. Um, as I mean, they're in a bubble in Orlando, but um, one of the things that that is they're definitely going to have an effect on is the way they broadcast these games, and so I think that in terms of the exhibition games, yes, I'm looking towards like what are Dogs chewing on the bone again. Uh, what are the Nuggets going to? I see, I lost my train. Yeah, I'm certainly going to be looking at the how are the Nuggets integrating in the exhibition season. But I'm also kind of be very curious. I think that's going to be how is how are they pulling off these broadcasts? That's going to be something that um, I'll be looking for in these in these first exhibition games. Particularly because we know the altitude announcers are going to announce remotely. They're not going to be in the arena. I think ESPN and, and TNT are still going to be in the arena. Shocking. Altitude decided not to go. It's a shocking business decision that they made. I wonder what was the I wonder if it was the virus or the money that made them the savings. I wonder which one was their motivation there. But um <clears throat> they will not be there. Chris Marlowe, of course, has done a ton of remote announcing through his volleyball career. So, in volleyball announcing career. So, honestly, the Nuggets probably had, of all the commentators from local teams, the Nuggets might have the best, who's most best equipped and prepared to handle uh, doing this remote announcing. But it's going to be, that's one thing I'm definitely interested to see. How much, how noticeable is it is the feel different in the announcing from Marlowe and Hastings when they're not there? Like, how and how do, the, how do they present that? Because, you know, they usually go to live cutaways, either to, to the, the announcers at the broadcast booth um, or to Katie Wingy down on the sidelines. Like, do they still do those cutaways? Or do we just spend more time kind of like sitting, watching the players while they're in timeouts, things like that? Like, I do you play more commercials? You know, there's a lot of different ways they could go to fill that time. But I'm just, and I don't know which way they're going to go, but I'm, I'm very interested to see how they can mimic the standard product with the bubble product and how they can make it seem as similar as possible because there's going to be things that are going to be noticeable i mean these guys are like playing on it looks like nba 2k right <laughs> i mean they've got they've got basketball courts set up in uh in uh conference rooms in in big ballrooms is basically what what's going on down there so it's really going to be interesting to see i think of you know i think of like watching old intramural tournaments or big like you know going to a big basketball tournament um, for like an AAU or even high school ball, and there's like five games going on on courts side by side with each other, and you know, ref whistles on over in that court, and you're like, wait, was that us? Or no, no, it wasn't. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't think they they're gonna have anybody play consecutively. I did see these courts are lined up next to each other, but I don't think there's yeah, I don't think there's consecutive games going on. A because of yeah, no, the the silliness that would happen, but also B that's just more people cramming into one area at one time. So I don't think they're going to do that. They're just using. They wanted I, I, my my assumption is. They want teams to be able to play on their own home courts uh, with their with their branding and logo on that when they're playing, um, quote unquote, home games. So 
that's why they brought all the courts over there to play with this. And, and like, how does that? Like, it's like the ball like go bounce down into the ballroom, and we gotta we gotta take you know a two minute break. Somebody's got to go run back there and chase that thing down. <laughs> what if what if the door was left open and it, it bounced down into the kitchen, and now we're out there trying to find it? Like, uh, help, please. You know, <laughs> like these these are the kinds of things that I'm curious to see. These little quirks that might be happening because it's totally different. It's um. It's very intriguing to me, so I'm excited to see that for sure. And and you know, hopefully we get a good product. Hopefully we get something that that is still entertaining to watch. I think it will be. It's still going to be basketball at its heart. These guys are competitors. I don't think you know. While there's some people who've been like, well, I don't know if there wasn't you know people in the stands, how is that going to play? I think at the end of the day, we're still going to get some highly competitive games. It'll it'll be quick for these guys to realize. Once they lose one and realize how that's impacted their position in the standings, um, I think it gets real for guys real quick, right? So, I don't I don't have too much worries in terms of the competitive nature of the game. I think all these guys are itching to play basketball and they're still going to bring it. I'm just just interested to see how it, you know, what what this broadcast is going to look like in general. Um, in terms of more nugget centric stuff that I think that we we got to be concerned about for these exhibition games is mostly again like what I talked about how do you get guys up to speed quickly because you've got no time to lose like you got three preseason games to figure this out and then these things count and are you trying to integrate guys back in uh you know is is uh is Gary Harris coming back in at, and, and is allowed to play in the second exhibition game but not the first now okay whatever we did in the first game was great but now we got to get Gary back up to speed or or so so on and so forth are we or are we going the other direction it's like okay these guys aren't coming so we've got to figure out how Troy Daniels is going to be capable of giving us 12 minutes a night and how are we going to use Tyler Cook because he's going we're going to need him on the wings as defense like there's there is those questions out there in in those three exhibition games is when they have their their opportunity to answer them. Um, so I expect them to not mess around too much. I think I think you see probably fourth quarters they're probably you get dialed back right and you're you're going to get a lot of Troy Daniels, Tyler Cook. Uh, you'll probably get to see some bowl bowl time. We didn't get to talk a bunch about bowl bowl. I think I'll write on bowl bowl tonight. But um, how do we get? these guys up to speed and 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 make that work uh is going to be far bigger priority than just hey let's see how the what what we've got in these guys right so you might get a little bit of that time in the fourth quarter you might get some garbage time probably because you're more just like we don't want to get any more injuries or we're going to avoid injuries of any kind um to players on this but Outside of that, I think I don't think like there's a bunch of well, we're gonna play this rotation on this game, like we're gonna play these guys against the Wizards, and we'll play these guys against the Pelicans, and we'll kind of mix it. No, like I think you're gonna be like for those first three quarters, you're basically playing. This is the the rotation I'm looking at right now, and that's what I'm gonna roll up against the Wizards. Okay, I've got the Wizards film. I'm gonna make this one little tweak here, and I'm gonna roll with that for three quarters and see what it's like. Okay. I've got, now I've got two games and this is where I think I'm going to land. That's let's roll with this for three quarters. Hopefully make sure that works. So we're all, we've had our dress rehearsal and we're ready to go. Like that's basically it. I think you've got, you've got two games to try some stuff out and then one game to make sure that, that you're comfortable with what you're going with and then you're going with it. And, and that, and that, that's it. So that tight timeline is, something that all teams um, are going up against. Cause like I said, all teams are missing players from their, their traveling partners. It appears 
the Nuggets with a Jokic-centric offense, particularly with Jokic not being there yet, particularly with their absences on the wings right now, um, could potentially be one of the people hit hardest, one of the teams hit hardest by by these these challenges that they're facing. So, again, that's something that we're going to be looking for in the exhibition games. How do they quickly get their guys up to speed and settle on a rotation with the group that they've got um, that they feel comfortable with competing for a championship with? Because that's after those exhibition games are over, that's after, that's 100% what they're doing. They're competing for championship. And, and anything else than that, in my eyes, and, and this is, I guess this is how we'll close it out. Um, in my eyes, anything less, than, I, it's hard to say anything less than the championship would be a disappointment. Um, I'll be disappointed if they lose, obviously at some point. Um, but in my eyes, this is maybe their best chance that they've ever had as a franchise at getting a championship because of all the weirdness going on, because they were so close already. Like the Nuggets were not a top tier championship contender they're still not i think those that has always been the bucks lakers and clippers <clears throat> but they've been in that they're in that second group right with toronto with boston um and maybe a lot of people want to lump houston in that that group even though houston's kind of had an up and down year um there's there's philadelphia i think is in that group too you know the this second group of team where you're like well if things fall the right way yeah they've got the talent that they could in, in the right scenarios, they could overcome. Just just like Toronto did last year, right? Like, Toronto was not the overwhelming um, championship favorite. Not, not not even close. But things fell the right way. Kevin Durant got hurt. Clay Thompson got hurt. Like, they suddenly had a wounded Warriors team. Um, and they had the best court. The, the Raptors then had the best player on the court. I mean, you could argue they always had the best player on the court. But, um, and now, it things fell their way and they won a championship. I think for the Nuggets, they're, they're, they've got that talent level that they if things fall their, their way, they could win a championship. And because of the weirdness, a lot of things could not fall their way, but a lot of things could fall their way. Like there's a lot of other challenges that other teams are going to face that might affect their ability to compete, and it could work out in the Nuggets' favor. So um, I won't say I'm disappointed but if they won't get a championship, but I will say that this is the best shot they've had at a championship. Certainly in almost 40 years. I think you'd have to go back to like 85, 86, right? When the when the Alex English Nuggets made it to the Western Conference Finals. Probably the last time they were this close because they were not that close in 09. Um, it was pretty clear that they were going to, uh, they had no answer for Kobe Bryant and that um, that played out the way it did. Whereas now, maybe they don't have an answer for Kawhi Leonard or LeBron James, but maybe for whatever reason, they don't even know how to play those guys. You know, that, that kind of thing could happen. Uh, a lot. It's a lot more likely to happen because of the randomness that can't be controlled in all of this. So we will go ahead and we'll close it out on that. Make sure you guys are following me on Twitter. I am at Zach Mikosh. Make sure you're following Gordon. He's at G Money Nugs. Of course, at Denver Stiffs. We're also on Instagram at the Denver Stiffs as well. Check out all those social media platforms so you guys are getting the full Denver Stiffs experience. Make sure you are subscribed to the Denver Stiffs podcast network. If you are, Thank you. Um, you've been getting your fill of the Denver Stiff Show and Nuggets numbers, but now Pickaxe Podcast is back, and I expect we should also see the dig probably making a return here as well. Maybe not as frequent um, as every week, but still should be getting them back on as well. So check out the podcast network. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts, and then you will get these shows to your feed as soon as they are posted. 
All right, you guys, thank you much as always for listening, and we will talk to you next week. This is all-